Welcome to Talkin' Truth with comedian Dan Whitney, a.k.a. Larry the Cable Guy, and Pastor Brian Clark. Today they welcome their guest, Pastor Nat Crawford. They'll be talking truth about the Bible and life and having a little fun. Get her done. Now, here's Dan. Hey, everybody, this is Talking Truth, the podcast millions across the world are talking about. I am Dan Whitney, along with my friend Brian Clark, who's Pastor Clark, who's amazing at uh, biblical studies. A lot of people might recognize me as Larry the Cable Guy. That is my entertainer name. But anyway, we got this great podcast. I'm glad you tuned in. I'm a normal individual, just like y'all listening, and... I love Jesus, and I want to get closer to him every day. He gives me hope in these horrible times, and I'm so glad he's there. But a lot of people search for something, and the world makes you think that Christianity is nothing but a bunch of rules, so they automatically knock that off. But I don't think people really understand what true Christianity is all about. And it's not just a book of rules. It's a personal relationship with Jesus, and it is awesome. And I want you to be able to experience what I've experienced. So we got a podcast called Talking Truth, and a lot of times I get all kinds of guests from Jeff Foxworthy, and Jimmy Brewer was my guest. My wife joins me, and I get all kinds of people like that. But in times uh, when other people are doing stuff and I can't get them on here, anytime there's a cancellation— I've got the fabulous Nat <laughs> wow. <Matt> wow. Crawford. <laughs> no, hey, Nat, I cleared my schedule for this. I came back from Europe. That's uh, no. <laughs> awesome. He is another um, fantastic Bible scholar, and which is what I need because I have questions just like everybody else, and I want to grow my faith. And so what we're going to do here, I hope you enjoy it. And uh, we've been doing it a while. Check out our other podcasts. They're all on there. I have some chili recipes, a little bit of woodworking stuff on there. (laughs) And uh, this is Thanksgiving week. Ho, ho, ho. Uh, So you might be listening to this in January or February, but we've recorded this Thanksgiving week, just to let you know. And the title of this is Why Faith Matters. Brian's going to give us a nice little message. Nat and I will comment on it. Hopefully you get something out of it, because I get something out of it every week. So here we go. All right. So everywhere you look in our culture today, you see people desperately trying to convince others that they matter. When we were teenagers in school, it was through sports, grades, or music. As adults, maybe it's about how much money you make, or the car you drive, or the house you live in. Maybe it's about your profession or a title or a degree or fame or power. But in the end, no matter what you try, it doesn't work. I mean, nobody cares. There has to be more to this life than this empty pursuit that amounts to nothing. Now, I think Jacob can help us with this. In the last episode, Jacob's sons had committed mass murder in Shechem. Now the surrounding cities want to kill them, so they can't stay there. They can't go back to Laban, and Jacob is afraid to go back and face Esau again, so what to do? Genesis 35 opens with the words, then God. What's significant about this is God didn't show up in chapter 34 at all. Jacob was on his own, and he made a mess of things. So now what? Is God done with Jacob and his family? 
Is God finally going to move on to someone who will be more faithful? Nope. Once again, God will show himself to be faithful to Jacob. God tells Jacob, it's time to go home to Bethel and remember the God who promised to be faithful. Jacob's response, well, it's wonderful. He tells his family that through all the ups and downs, God has remained faithful to him. It's time to trust him. Jacob tells his family to put away their idols and foreign gods to worship the one true God. Well, this is a bit of a surprise to us as readers. We didn't know until that verse that Jacob's family was worshiping idols and foreign gods. I mean, God has been so faithful, but they have not been faithful to him. It was time for that to change. As they moved out, they feared the other cities around them would attack them because of what they had done to Shechem. But the text tells us God brought a great terror on those cities, so they left Jacob and his family alone. Humanly speaking, Jacob and his family were in great danger. But once again, they were reminded that God was going ahead of them to guide and protect them. When Jacob finally got back to Bethel, what did God do? I mean, did he shake him or yell at him or whack him? I, mean, I think that's what I would have done. No, he blessed him. After all the ways Jacob had failed God, God blessed him and reminded him his name is Israel, meaning God prevails. No matter how many times Jacob failed, no matter how many messes he made or how many times his fear was greater than his faith, God still prevailed. God will accomplish his purpose just as promised. Jacob then took a drink offering, meaning a cup of wine symbolizing blood, and poured it over the stone altar he had made. Why? It was to celebrate the promise that God had made to his grandfather Abraham, that God would shed his blood to cover Jacob's inability to keep the covenant. Jacob realized it's all God. He had blown it so many times, yet God remained faithful to his promise. And of course, we know that ultimately the blood that would be shed for our sins would be a descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It would be Jesus himself. Like Jacob, we blow it again and again. We, driven by our fears, sin over and over. And yet God offers his forgiveness and salvation to anyone who chooses to believe by faith. Not because we've been so faithful, but because he is always faithful. At the end of the story, God wins. God prevails. This reminds us that at the end of the story, all that really matters is God and his purposes. It's not our fame, not our money, not our houses and our cars. Those things come and go. But what we do for God, it lasts forever. No matter how your story goes, I can promise you this. At the end of your life, all that will really matter are the things that have to do with Jesus. I mean, you can't change the past, but you can decide what you live for moving forward. It took Jacob a lifetime to finally figure it out, but he did finally get there. So what about you? Let's bring in Dan and Nat. Let's talk about some of this. Guys, if we only get one shot at life, it seems really important to figure out what is really worth living for, right? Eh, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I, mm-hmm. I, absolutely. But I think I would say this is a lesson we constantly have to revisit. It's amazing how intentional I can be with my time, my life, my resources to give it all to, towards Jesus. But then five minutes later, I'm right back to my old ways. And maybe that's just me. I'm pretty messed up, but that's been my experience. Well, this is what this is all about. In the end, God wins. God will win in the end. Everyone will bow their knee before him. And getting off topic, I know every knee will bow before God. And am I wrong, Brian, sometimes to go, man, I can't wait till all those mockers and all those deceivers and all those frauds and all those anti-Jesus hateful, I cannot wait for that to happen. And I can't wait for, you know, I think that's wrong to feel that way because God is the one that gets his justice is it wrong for me to <laughs> can't well, wait for that moment? <laughs> I, I, I identify with what you're saying. Right. I think at the end of the day, we most want them to come to Jesus. Well, I mean, absolutely. The, but the greatest celebration would be to see those kind of people. It would. I tell bow a knee of their own will. Uh, absolutely, and mm-hmm. I tell my kids all the time. But. I say, well, you know, we're supposed to pray for them. I'm not praying for them. You know, well, listen, can you imagine if some of these leaders that you see all the time on the news, if all of a sudden one day they came out and said they found Jesus mm-hmm. and started talking about Christ? Mm-hmm. That would be the biggest revival and one of the changes that you will ever see. That would yeah. be awesome. That's what we need to pray for. Mm. And I do, I do do that. I do pray for people that I don't like. I do pray for people that are evil people because I want them to get saved. It would be unbelievable. But since many of them are denying it, <laughs> no. can I cheer for the demise? <laughs> well, I think I, th- I think Brian's- can I be can I can I be in that line of angels uh-huh. when I hear somebody getting their justice? Can I just kind of be like, yeah. yeah. I, I think what maybe another way to state it is I take comfort in the fact that someday it will not be unclear. Right. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess and the truth will be known. Right. And I know that's the case. Right. And and it's there I stand. Absolutely. Well, I mean, listen, I was kind of half kidding about that, but I just sometimes because I just love Jesus. Sure. And, and so, well, you, you just are the, these mockers, yeah, man. You just, absolutely. But, but you're right. I, I I should pray for them, and I, and I do. But I didn't mean to go off of <laughs> that topic right there. But I just love the the final message in this. Yeah. In the end, God wins. Yeah. He set out his plan. He and he has, and it shows you how much love he has for us. This stinking Jacob was a mess up and just doing the dumbest things. And I'm sure the Lord was like, Whoa, what are you doing? But he loved him, still loved him, and didn't leave him and stayed with him because he knew in the end, I'm winning this thing. And that is such, that gives me so much happiness and confidence and hope. And I, I just love that. I love just those two words. God wins. Hmm. His purpose is going to be fulfilled, and it's going to be fulfilled with you or without you. Oh. So he'd love for you to be a part of the fulfilling. 
and I want to be a part of the fulfilling. Well, I think I think the story it, it exposed what you actually asked at the beginning. I mean, isn't isn't it somewhat right of us to look forward to the coming day when all when, when God deals with sin? Because we read a story like Jacob's, and most of us go, "That's not fair. Like, that's not right." But when I look at it honestly, I realize. It's my own deficiency that's bringing that out, my own insecurities, because we always want justice for everybody else. But when it comes to us, we want God's grace. And and, and what he does is he pours it out. um, But I'm talking about when it's all over and done and we're standing up there. I've already got God's grace. I'm on this side. Right. Can I let a little? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And and we know. I mean, I've already prayed for him. It's all over with. Right. Done all I can do. Yeah. (laughs) But I, I think the story, though, has such great practical application for us today, even to show it to other people, because every one of us in this room have experienced harm done by other people to us. And it's easy for us to want justice or to go out of our way to make sure that they get their due recompense. But I remember a few years ago where my son had made a poor choice. He sinned. And for whatever reason, I guess it's God's word being manifested in my life, really taking it seriously, I had an opportunity to show God's love like he did to Jacob here. My son sinned, made a bad decision, and he came in and I said, okay, what do you deserve right now? And he goes, a spanking. Which is weird because his kid's 41. I know, (laughs) but that's a different subject for a different day. But but he goes, it's a spanking. I go, you're right. That's exactly what you deserve but you're not going to get it. And he goes, I'm not. And I go, no. And I go, what do you call that? And he goes, a good day. (laughs) And I go, well, it is a good day, but it's mercy. But I'm going to do something different. I'm going to take you out for ice cream. We're going to go get ice cream for your decision. And he goes, you got to be kidding me. And I go, I'm not. And I go, do you know what you call that? And he goes, that's a really good day. And I go, "It's it's called God's grace. It's grace. You didn't deserve it. But because my love for you is not dependent upon your behavior, I want you to know I still love you and I care for you no matter what. Let's go. And it was a teachable moment. I'm still waiting for someone to buy me ice cream for my decisions. Right. But what a teachable moment that God showed Jacob. And if we're honest, we've all experienced that in our own lives today. You know, I know we've talked about this before, but people talk about the God of the Old Testament. So it's like, okay, take a good look. This is the God of the Old Testament, who is unbelievably patient and compassionate and forgiving of Jacob. It's like when we mess up, this is the God that we want to see looking down on us as our Heavenly Father. Hmm. And the story's full of hope and a reminder that God's for us. Absolutely. And he's a compassionate and forgiving and a loving Father. Mm. Yeah, it's amazing, and that's and that's why I love Christianity so much. True Christianity, it's it's about forgiveness and forgiving one another. And when we talk about that, you know, a lot of people like to say that that uh, yeah, just it doesn't matter, you know, what what anybody's doing. Jesus hung out with the prostitutes, and he hung out well. But they always forget the key phrase. He said, go and sin no more. They always forget that part. You know, God does love us all, but there are parameters. He tells us what to do and what not to do and what's offensive and what isn't offensive. And But, man, Christianity is so awesome because it's all about forgiveness. And 
it's up to you. Nobody's going to force you to become a Christian. Nobody's going to force you to, you know, go to church. Nobody's going to, you know, it's all about you opening the door and letting them in. Hmm. It's what it's all about. It's awesome. It's it's the greatest hope ever. And once again, in wrapping this up, this thing that you said today, the greatest two words, God wins. Thanks for listening to Talking Truth. Dan, Brian, and their guest, Pastor Nat, will be back again next week. So don't forget to subscribe. And be sure to visit us at TalkinTruth.com. That's Talk, the letter N, Truth.com. 